Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. I really got to tell you the story behind the story of this week's episode. A few years back, my friend Kevin asked me to fly to Montgomery, Alabama to talk to his 100-year-old grandmother. He really just wanted to preserve her story. Um, A couple years after the interview you're about to hear, um, she died at the age of 102. But before she did, she really was not as sharp, didn't have her memory Um, as can be imagined with somebody who's well over 100 years old. But she was alive for more than half of the history of the state of Alabama. So she lived through an awful lot. And that video, I talked to her for hours over the course of a couple of days, a weekend, that video just became invaluable, priceless to that family. Uh, four generations of it. So um, it was a real privilege to do that. I, I also want to let you know I'm now doing that professionally um, through a website and a, a business line called Voice Locket, voicelocket.com. And I've begun doing these, done more than a dozen of them so far, uh, charging along the lines of what a wedding videographer would charge to sit and preserve these with really high-end videographers. Uh, I've been to Portland, Oregon, to Charleston, South Carolina, to Montgomery, Alabama, and done a number of them around here in Charlotte. So take a look at that website, voicelocket.com, and tell me what you think. There's a promotional video that my buddy Aaron Atkinson uh, a filmmaker here, he he produced it, he put it together, and I want to hear what you think about that. In the meantime, I, I really want you to hear Alice. She's amazing. Thanks. He said, I'm going to marry you <laughs> <laughs> when I made $25 a week. What is the sound of one man listening? This is Man Listening a fresh podcast featuring the stories of strong women who bounce back. Man Listening, because every woman deserves to be heard. Hi, I'm Stuart Watson. Welcome to Man Listening. This week, Alice Cumbus, a blast from the past, big-time Alabama fan. She would have been pulling for the Crimson Tide in the national championship scheduled for Monday after this podcast drops. She and I actually watched a, a Bama football game together, and we went to church. She took me to church. I think I should have been paid double time for that. Um, but anyway, uh, darkening the door of the church, we begin by talking about all the changes she's seen, starting with television. Alice Cumbus. That TV's pretty old, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was one of the early ones. Yeah, one of the first ones. When you were a little girl, there wasn't TV, was there? No. Was there radio? Do you remember radio? I can remember the first radio I heard. What was it? My daddy had a grocery store, 
And he came home one night and he said, I have a surprise. And I was the only child at that time. And he said, uh, just listen. And he turned that radio off. And I was just thrilled to death. It was just great. What did you hear? Now, I don't know that. Do you remember any of the programs? Was it music or was it um, radio plays? It was mostly music. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. So that would have been the, you were born, what, what's your birth date? 18, 1918. Uh, what date? 18. What, what day and month? March. The 18th. I'm not trying to stump you. So March the 18th, 19... 1918. So you're 100 years old. I'm over 100 years old. 100 and a half. Yeah. Happy birthday. March the 18th, I'll be 101. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to have a party, Kevin. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's awesome. We had a wonderful 100th birthday. I heard that. Uh, you can't tell them what to do, though, can you? Can yeah, you? I can, but they don't do it. <laughs> do they listen? <laughs> no. <laughs> so when you tell them not to have a birthday party, will they listen? No. <laughs> but we're not. I'm not going. <laughs> well, what if they bring the party to you? They can't mitigate it here. There was over a hundred there last year. Oh my year. word! Uh, hundred and twenty. Uh, was it surprise? Was it a surprise? No, no, I knew. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All the grandchildren, all the great grandchildren were there. Oh, what a reunion! Twenty people. Oh, congratulations. Wasn't that great? Yeah. And all my friends. Yeah, yeah. When you all listened to the radio, would you get together in the same room? Would you? Oh, yes. My great-aunt lived three or four houses down the street from us, mm -hmm. and they got a radio, uh, con I don't know, a big vanilla case. And, like a console. Yeah. And oh, we used to meet up that night and watch TV, uh, radio, hear it. And we'd shell pecans. They had a lot of pecan trees. And while we were watching it, we would shell pecans. So these were pecans that they grew? Yes, in the backyard. It was not a farm. They were not pecan no, farmers. Not, not in the, at the house. Mm -hmm. Now your father had the grocery store. Is that what he did full time? Yes, until the Depression. Mm -hmm. And then he charged people stuff, groceries, food, mm -hmm. chicken food. Mm -hmm. So they would barter. They would bring him something in exchange for groceries? No, they paid nothing. Oh, really? And he finally let them have everything, and he could not pay for getting the stuff to the wholesale people, and he had to close the store. Oh, wow. So people were on account. Yes. And they couldn't pay him. They could not pay him. But he let them keep... As right long on. as he had food. 
Oh, my word. In the grocery store, they had food. My grandfather on my mother's side had a farm right close by here, and he raised all kind of vegetables, and they, he fed a lot of people. And so that's how y'all were able to eat? That's right. And I remember my daddy did not have a job. He tried everything. I thought he could do everything, and he could. He was just a good, all-round person. I'm sorry my grandchildren didn't know him better. And what was the name of the grocery store? Griggs Art Grocery. And was it in Montgomery? Yes. Is the building still there? There is a building there, but it's not the one that was there when he was there. Oh, my word. It was on the way to the cemetery. <laughs> now, did, as a little girl, did you play in the grocery store? Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We lived about two, four, five blocks from it. And the main street that went to the cemetery that his store was on was rock and gravel. It was not paved. And one day, and the boys delivered the groceries on bicycles, and they would call every morning and give their order. My mother worked in the store, and then they would get it up, put it in the bicycle, and the boys would take it to them. One day, I was walking home. It was kind of not a slope, not a hill. It was just not flat, and I fell down. And the rocks scarred mm. my knees. And Skinned her. your knee. And they picked me. The boys came by on the bicycle from delivering and put me in the basket that they carried the groceries in and took me to the store to my mother and daddy. I wasn't hurt badly, but I could have been. But I remember that very clearly. Oh, that was nice of them. Yeah. Yeah. They were good, I mean, you know, boys in the neighborhood, families that my parents knew. So everybody could just wander around and, you know, so kids kind of ran around the neighborhood. Oh, my. In our block, in two blocks, I'll say, we had, it was not paved. It was dirt. There must have been six or eight of us children around the same age. And I was the older girl, but I played with those boys, and I thought, you can't do anything I can't do. And so they had an old wood orange crate. You know, it had two sides to it with a piece of wood in between. And so they were standing up on that box, jumping and catching the pecan tree limb. And I thought, well, that looks like fun, so I'll do it. So I did, but I didn't catch the limb. And so my mother had a baby. Then it must have been, oh, she was tiny, two or three years old. She called my daddy, and he came and took me to the hospital, and they set my arm, and a week later I went back, 
and it had slipped and they had to re-break it. <laughs> oh, that it hurts again. me to hear that. And, and I broke right here and right here and I had to have it up like this for oh, a long no. time. And then they didn't have tip therapy and stuff like that. So mother would drive the car. My grandmother would get me in the back seat and to keep my mind off what she was doing, mother drove us places and Gwen would do my arm like this because it had been up this way so long. So she did the physical therapy? She did the therapy. Did that? Did that hurt? Yeah, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but she did it. <laughs> she did it because mother was saying, they're so and so. Let's go so and so. She was driving with the baby in the front of the car. My sister was born seven years after I was, unexpectedly. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, she was the surprise baby. I had been it until then. <laughs> then she was it. <laughs> and she does not remember the depression very much. She's dead now. Where did you go to college? Huntington. It started out a Methodist church uh, school. I think the Methodists still help support it. But I got a story to tell you about that. Okay, tell me. My daddy was in the produce business. It was in 1935. I graduated from high school. And I wanted to go to college, and they wanted me to go, but there was no way they could send me financially. And so my daddy was selling Huntington produce, and he went out there and he talked to the president, and he said, look, my daughter wants to go to school. Will you let me pay her tuition by the produce that I send? to your kitchen to feed the students. He said, sure. So I went to college two years by my daddy sending them produce. My mother was making me dresses out of my aunt's old dresses. Uh, I mean, it was tough times. Yeah, and everybody was. My, my daddy, years ago, had sold Singer sewing machines. So he went back to the cigar company and asked him, could he sell machines? And he went all in South Alabama. Didn't have much luck. People I had no money to buy them with. And my mother sold. In fact, she paid for my music lessons by sewing for the music teacher. She would sew till 12 and 1 o'clock at night, making those clothes for me to wire, but in for the music teacher's daughter to wire. Daddy was in a very serious accident because he rode his truck and bought produce and sold it. And you did anything to make a living. There was nobody to go to the store and run in. My mother had help and so she he was, had to he be was with him. He was injured and couldn't go back to the store for a while? He didn't go for six or eight months. Mm. I said, well, I'll, I'll go. 
I'll go. How old were you then? Well, let's see, I was uh, 18. I was about 18, I guess. And I had to get up at 4 o'clock every morning, go down there, be sure the trucks were unloaded and the others were loaded to take the produce to the stores, be sure the help was all there. Then Daddy said, oh, the Sheridan Hotel was next door across from St. John's, Kevin. Daddy said, you just order your steak or whatever you want for breakfast. And I did. And then when he got what he could, he paid me $7 a week. $7 a week. And, and did you feel like that was fair? In the meantime, my husband and I were dating. And we really were in love, but we knew we couldn't get married, so we dated other people. We didn't, but for five years off and on, we dated. Got a story to tell you about that. He, uh, his girlfriend, before he started dating me, was going off for a week. And she called, she was a good friend of mine. She said, will you look after Alton while I'm gone? I said, yeah, I'll be glad to look after And so every night she was gone, Alton was at my house. When she came back, he went to see her and he said, I'm sorry, I will not be back here anymore. I will be dating Alice. That was a hard thing for that girl to take, but I was happy. <laughs> did, did, did she come after you? Oh, she was. She got where she was friendly. She did, in a way. That she, was. She shouldn't have gone off. <laughs> <laughs> she was redheaded. Yeah. <laughs> but well, we, when, when did you and Alton know that you weren't just going to date? You were going to get married. Well, Alton worked for Hormel and Company. He drove a truck, delivered me. That was the only job he could get. His parents just could not send him to college. They had four boys. No way that they could possibly. Alton went to Auburn, caught rides. The boys all caught rides. They stood out on the column of Madison Avenue. And he did four or five times. He offered to wash dishes in the fraternity house, do anything that he could to go to school, but he couldn't get any work whatsoever. And so he came back and went to work at a grocery store about two, uh, two blocks from his house. And he rode a bicycle, and he got away and ride by my house, delivered groceries and stay 30 minutes, you know. Well, that didn't go too good with the boss. <laughs> did he ask you to marry him, or did he just say? Yes, he did. He said, will you marry me when I make $25? No, he said, I'm going to marry you <laughs> when I make $25 a week. It seemed like you would have some say in that. Well, I was tickled to death. 
I loved him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he must have felt that. He must have known that. He did. Yeah. He so did. he didn't get down on one knee. No. No, he did not. Yeah. But he, he did ask my mother and dad if he could marry her. Oh, did he do that before he talked to you or after? No, afterwards. Oh, and how did that go? Fine. Oh, okay. He was a good Christian boy. He went to church every Sunday. He did a lot of things in the church. Where we did, both did. Where did he go to church? We both went to Highland Avenue Baptist Church. The first time that I went on a picnic with our church, and you had to take your own lunch, and the lunch for your boyfriend or your date. I told mother I had to have a chicken to let, we had help, but we, she lived in the house with us. She ate well, but she did everything. She was black. She came here with them from Clark County, Alabama. And wh what and was her name? Lula. Do you remember her last name? Mm -mm. Okay, so Lula. Is Lula. In yeah. But Lula had her own room. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it was, I said, let Lula fix me a fried chicken. I want it. She said, you really want it? I said, yeah. She said, well, go out there and get you one and fix it if you want one for your boyfriend. <laughs> so I had to go catch the chicken and ring his neck. Did you know how to do that? I did it. I'd send them to it so many times. And then we tied it up with a cord to mm -hmm. something to let the blood drain That's right. I fried that chicken. I took it. I think Alton was my date that night. So you cleaned the chicken too? You cleaned I all did. Yeah. I did. And a big, how'd you do that? Oh, you pour steam and water over those feathers and they pull out easy. Then you have to wash it good and clean the inside out. Mm -hmm. And then you cut it up in pieces. Yep. And oh, then, I've done many ones since then. And then how do you fry it? In deep fat. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what do you put on it before you fry it? Salt. <laughs> no flour? No. Just salt? Just salt. Just salt, and then you'd fry it, what, in a pan or a deep deep fryer? In a pan, um, um, iron, black iron, fry about this deep. So an iron skillet, yeah, pan fried. Right. Can't get that oil too deep though, can you? Otherwise, it'll burn you. No, I never got burned, but hmm. it was it was pretty deep, not too deep. Well, how'd you learn how to cook a chicken? I watched them do it all the time. Them being my mother, my grandmother. Well, grandma and Abel do it. The help the maid and mother. Is there any difference in the way uh, Lula, the maid, cooked chicken and the way your mother cooked no. chicken? It was the same. In fact, I think mother taught her how to cook. Made chicken dumplings, mm -hmm. turnip greens, mm -hmm. 
Potato pie. Now, where would you get the flour for the dumplings? At the grocery store. What? This was. What? What brand? Oh, Ballard. Never used anything until Ballard flour. Is that a cornmeal or is it wheat? It might be a cornmeal. It was white. It was white. Okay. And the uh, the greens. Where would you get the greens? Out of my granddad's field. Would you pick them or somebody else? Well, sometimes I had to. And my grandmother had two cows, and we kept them in a barn at the house. Milk cows? Milk cows. Did you ever milk those things? Yeah. If she <laughs> let me, she said I squeezed the tip too hard. <laughs> Well, what would that mean? I mean, what, what did she mean you squeezed the teat too hard? What would that do? Uh, it hurt the cow. <laughs> would it kick you? And the cat would come, and we would give the cat some more milk. And that cat was tickled to death. Yeah. Well, uh, what time of day would you milk the cow? In the morning, about 7 o'clock, and late in the afternoon. Twice and, a day. And what did you put the milk into? What did you milk it into? We had a milk pail. Uh-huh. And then and we had a white cloth that my grandmother and mother strained that milk through. Mm-hmm. And then put it in the refrigerator. Would it separate with the cream rise? Yeah. And then And then we would churn some of it for buttermilk. How would you do that? We had a churn and a dash. And so, we put that milk in there and it had to get a certain degree warm. Uh, and then Grand would, and I hate to do it. Because? And I'd hit the bottom of the churn. <laughs> but why, why with did? With dash. No, why? And she'd say, as you can go play, I'll do this. <laughs> but Alice, why did you hate doing that? Why did, why did you? I just didn't want to do it. Well, it's work, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's hard work. Well, people, you have to be careful not to hit the bottom. Right. But also, you have to do it for a long time, don't you? Well, pretty good. Yeah, like how long? I'd say 30 to 40 minutes. That's a lot of work. I know. <laughs> but that bottle was so good. Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, so is the cream. Yeah. Yeah. We had real cream for breakfast every morning. Over we what? What, what did you put it on? Of, of sweet. They'd put a little sugar in the cream. Mm -hmm. And oh, it was so good. So just straight up cream and sugar? Yeah. You wouldn't put it over oats or anything else? You just eat the cream with the sugar? Oh my God. That's heaven. It was so good. <laughs> now, we had oatmeal some mornings. We didn't have it every morning. Right. That was a treat. Yeah. Well, that's just like ice cream for breakfast. No, we didn't have <laughs> But it's the same thing. <laughs> we made ice cream out of that milk. Oh, now how'd you, how'd you do our, that? Well, we boiled it. Uh -huh. We beat up eggs and sugar uh -huh. together. And then when the milk started getting warm, We'd put that sugar and eggs in the milk, 
and you had to stir it to keep it from scorching. Mm -hmm. But it, and you'd put a little flour in there to thicken it. Mm -hmm. And that would thicken mm -hmm. that custard. Mm -hmm. And then we had an ice cream freezer that you had to buy mm -hmm. like this. Again with the manual labor, right? <laughs> and we'd just fuss who was going to get to sit on the freezer to keep it from moving. And who had to grind, you know, my sister and I did. Well, what what job did you want to do? Would you well, rather... sit down. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't you all take turns? Yeah, we did. Okay. Or did somebody get stuck doing all the work all the time? Did Who did more work, you or your, or your baby sister? Well, I was seven years older than she was, so I did yeah. more than... Yeah. You could do it longer. She was spoiled. I was. <laughs> <laughs> what happens is when you get to be a hundred, there's nobody around to argue with you about who worked harder. But see, she was seven years. Right, I understand. Younger. What kind of produce would you eat typically at the dinner table? Peas, butter beans, corn, okra, turnip greens, eggplant. You name it, we ate it. We planted different stuff so we would have it. Mm -hmm. In a garden or in a farm? Well, right down here on Land Street. <laughs> so a garden? Yeah. But, but he had it a... was big. He had at least 10 or 15 acres that way. Wow. That's more like a farm. He had corn. And my grandmother had these cows I started to tell you about. <laughs> and uh, every morning she would let me ride on the cow. And she would take him to the field and let him graze all day for food. And then that afternoon... You say him. This was a, this was a, a, a bull or a steer? No, it was a milk cow. Oh, so you said him. You got me confused there for I'm a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so then in the afternoon, we could walk back with her to get the cow. But we couldn't ride it home because this bag was full mm. and it couldn't, we couldn't ride on it when the bag was full. Right. Right. And then you milked it. Yeah, we milked it. Right. Yeah. Other than Alton, obviously, and your family, your parents, your, your sister, um, who made the most, who was most influential to you? My hmm? grandmother. Uh, what was it about her? Uh, is this on your mother's side or your father's? My mother's mother. What was her name? Elizabeth Clouton, and she married a Ott. Elizabeth Clouton Ott. And what was it about her? She read her Bible every day. If somebody was sick within three or four blocks, when we got a meal ready, she wouldn't sit down with us and eat. She had to take a plate to that sick person before she would eat. And she saw to it that everybody had something to eat. And she went to church as long as she could.
Sweet, sweet. And so you watched her. I did. It wasn't so much what she told you, it was what you saw her do. What she did. How she practiced her she faith. She always said, God first, other second, self last. Mm -hmm. That was some motto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mother was very busy in the church, but she worked with Daddy a lot in the business. And uh, she was not as free to do as my grandmother was, or as I was. But she was very active in Baptist women and BYPU, and I mean, everything she could go to, she went. But she saw that my sister and I got to where we needed to be at church. Did you have records? Did you have a record player? When yeah. You, what kind of records did you have? What did we that, had a big troller. What did it look like? It was in a case. It was about this size. It had a lid and opened up. Could you play it by yourself? Oh, yeah. We had records that had the hole in the summer where it went round and round and round, you know. And I kept those records a long time. What kind of music? A lot of uh, religious music, a lot of good songs, you know, that we sang then. When you say religious, what do you mean? Like, what would be an example? Like we sang at church. Would it be bluegrass, gospel? What What's an example? The old rugged cross. Oh. Things like that. Ernie Ford did that, but there's got to have been an earlier rendition. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. You remember and Tennessee I, Ernie Ford? When we, when we all get to heaven was one we sang. I, I tell you, spent a long time. It's hard to remember. There's a lot of that music came out of Nashville. You ever been to Nashville? Yes. Did you ever been to the Grand Ole Opry? I have. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a favorite? I don't think so. Nah. I loved them. Yeah, that's nice. Um, how about films? How about films growing up? Well, we didn't have a lot of money to go to film to see a movie. But every Saturday afternoon, there was a vaudeville on Dexter Avenue. And my friend and I would ride the streetcar. She would come from this direction. I'd come from this direction. But we could transfer right here. And I always transferred and got on the streetcar with her. We would go to the vaudeville, and there was a man named Blind Tom, I don't know what his other name was. He sold candy and popcorn and peanuts. We paid a dime to get in the vaudeville. We paid a nickel for the popcorn and a nickel for a drink. And then we had money to ride home on the streetcar. Do you remember any of the films you saw? No. Um, no, it wasn't film. It was vaudeville. People. It was vaudeville. 
daughter's well. They were performers. Oh, yeah. Live performers. Wonderful. And so Blind Tom was a live performer? Yeah. What kind of bits would they do? I couldn't tell you. Was it comedy? Yeah, some of it was. So they did this shtick? Yeah. Were they all white? Everybody white? Yes, 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 yes. So they were all white performers? Was there yeah. music? They were all white. But, I mean, they weren't doing Shakespeare. No, no. We didn't even know what Shakespeare was. They were, do they were <laughs> doing these silly bits, right? That's right. Oh, but my. it was fun. We loved Father to Saturday. So what you're saying is you didn't go to the movies. You saw a live performance. That's right. And it just cost you a nickel? Yeah. And you got candy? Yeah. No, we bought the candy. Oh, my and word. And Blind Bob had the popcorn. Uh-huh. And it was a nickel. Yeah. And then at what point did you start going to... To the movies. How old were you when you started going to movies, when they had these movies? Well, once in a while, when I was a teenager. And then after I started dating, mm -hmm. we would go, maybe this date would take you, and that one wouldn't, and, you know, maybe twice a month. So you started dating when you were what, like 16 or? 17. I 17. Uh -huh. Okay, so that was, oh, help me out, 26, 36, that's 1936. So you were watching Black and White. Right. What, what kind of sound did they have? Did they, did they have the talkies or were you listening to music? There were, I guess the talkies, the people. I think the talkies. Yeah, there were talkies. Was there a particular kind of mo movie that you liked to go see, a per kind of picture? No, just to get to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Was there air conditioning? No. No, it was hot. Did people smoke? I don't believe they did, but I wouldn't say. Yeah, some of them, they had a smoking section. Yeah, they did. Well, I don't want to take all your time. We could go on and on and on. You're awfully sweet to do this. Well, you're the one. Yeah. Well, to put kind of... up with me. Yeah, yeah. I could ask you a real big question. Okay. What do you think your legacy is? I don't know. Yeah. A lot of times it's not up to us. That's right. I'd say your children are a great start. Those grandbabies, great-grandbabies. That's right. Yeah. Your church, all those contributions to the church. My life has been centered around the church. We've always tithed of what we made. Even my when husband, you didn't have much? My husband did before we married, and I was tithing before I married. And so when we married, we both we kept on tithing. Sometimes it was hard. But you did it. But we did it. We sure did. Well, God bless you, Alice. We used to, the Masonic home for children was right uphill. This was out in the country. And um, we were leaders of the little group. 
and we would come on Sunday afternoon and pick them up and take them into town, take them to BYPU. Then we'd take them somewhere and get them a duck or a drink or something, you know, and bring them back. And they were so happy. Oh, it just helped them. It made me happy to see them appreciated. It's a real gift, isn't it? Always it makes you better off when you give than when you receive. God bless you. Well, God to God be the glory. Not me. I couldn't do it. But to God be the glory. Thank you, ma'am. And after that interview, Alice said, bring him back. I've got more. And, and believe me, I'll keep coming back as long as I'm welcome. As long as there's food and I'm welcome. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to talk to your grandmother, your mother. As I say, I'm doing it professionally now for a fee at uh, Voice Locket, V-O-I-C-E-L-O-C-K-E-T, voicelocket.com. Let me know what you think. Thanks so much. Man Listening is a production of Unmediated LLC in cooperation with the Queen City Podcast Network and Balto Creative Media. Allison Andrews at Andrews Creative and Rachel Clapp Miller are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins and Owens tries to keep us legal. Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Catherine Smith. That's me. Please go to our Patreon page. You'll find us at patreon.com. Look for Man Listening. One word, no spaces. We hope you'll join us by becoming a member. A small investment can raise up the conversation. If you want exclusive member merch, like a t-shirt, we can arrange that too. A huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has supported Man Listening from the very beginning. I really appreciate you. Don't forget to support us at Patreon. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks.